Right, we are back with what I think is episode, I think this is going to be episode eight. Um, and I was just saying to Chris, I guess, who's going to introduce himself in a minute. Um, and probably a huge amount of similarities in my mind to Jordan in episode six from Move, but I don't want to let that ruin the episode. I'm just saying, because I feel like on every episode now, I don't do enough research on, on the people that are coming on, the guests and shit. But similar story, really. Like, we probably started speaking online, like, which sounds proper weird every time I say it, but it's just how the world works these days. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, two and a half years ago? About two and a half years ago, yeah. Uh, first time I saw you was when you picked up the R8 from Redline. Yeah. That green That's one, two and a half yeah. years ago. I missed that car. And, yeah, and I suppose this, like, the, the beauty of this podcast is it's an excuse to fucking meet people in real life, I suppose. Yeah. And, yeah, I think... You've definitely got an interesting story. We were just chatting a bit before and there's loads of stuff I want to go into and Tokyo is going fucking yeah, wild. Yeah, it's going a bit crazy. <laughs> I don't think I've worked him enough today, but yeah, I suppose like first question um, is just really just like tell us about, tell the viewers about your background really. Like how did you get to where you are? Because obviously what, you're 22 now? Yeah, 22 now, yeah. Driving what would be most people's dream car. <laughs> Certainly it was yeah. my dream car back in the day. Yeah, it was mine um, at once, yeah. So I guess just like a whistle stop tour, like five, ten minutes. How did you get to where you're, is he going mad? He might come over here. How did you get to where you are now, really? And then we'll dive into a bunch of shit. Yeah, so I'm from the northwest, sort of Preston area. Um, yeah, middle class sort of family. Uh, dad's a joiner, he owns like a construction company. Uh, and my mum, she, uh, she's got quite a condition, so. She got on condition called ME, which uh, affects like energies levels and stuff like that. So she don't really work. So we're all sort of like a a self-employed like family, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, my brother actually trades forex. Oh shit. So <laughs> he's not your typical guru or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. So he don't sell courses or anything like that. But you probably should <laughs> make more money. Yeah. I used to play quite a lot of tennis, and I think that's where like the hard working and like motivation sort of came from yeah uh, yeah and then went to high school I've called it high school up there you what sorry they call it high school up there yeah secondary school secondary school is, is that it high call? school yeah I thought, I thought it was American <laughs> American only no that's what we call it anyway uh, yeah uh, I started actually selling sweets and stuff but that's like my first entrepreneurial sort of yeah like, yeah big, yeah there's this one guy who used to like sell drinks and we started undercutting him with like sweets and stuff like that and yeah we we did like a few hundred quid a week and that was yeah. like the first ever taste of sort of the entrepreneurial sort of yeah bit uh after that went to college uh did joinery there so i followed my, like my dad's footsteps because he does joinery like construction um, I did two years there, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. I couldn't really see myself doing that long term, and I hated like the way I was just following my dad's footsteps, really. But yeah, uh, and then that's when I started my first brand, Sansboro. Um It's a clothing brand. It's a sort of streetwear label. It's been going for oh, since 2017 now. Uh, and was that you started that during college or when you finished that was just after high school that high yeah. school I have to, have to adjust to you saying that <laughs> basically just out of like my bedroom we had like a small little office uh, spent a couple of grand on your first stop like everyone does yeah messes up uh, sizing was wrong everything was wrong from 
the beginning really got it and I couldn't believe my eyes like burst into tears when because <laughs> I yeah, only sure. I started it with six or seven k and uh yeah soon run out of money quickly it was uh quite quite tough at the beginning uh I had and was that was that your first econ thing ever yeah first econ thing ever yeah so obviously you said you started the brand in college yeah uh just after high school actually just after high school yeah, so, so fucking secondary school so what you're 18 <laughs> at this point or 17 18 I was 17 yeah and was this like a plan like what what spurred you because like particularly starting a brand where you're actually like buying stock and shit I mean I guess I, I did that to an extent when I was in like 2015 not to the same level but what was the thing that like was that something you'd wanted to do for a while? Was it just like you watched a YouTube video in your Facebook group, whatever? Like, what yeah, was so the motivation? I saw Lewis Morgan, Ben Francis, and yeah. his whole sort of squad. Mm. And I was just, how have they got these cars at that age? Yeah. They must be doing like something crazy. And I found about Gymshark, and there was a, another few guys who started a brand called Tay Rock. I don't know if you've heard yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to follow all those guys. Yeah. I think his name's called in the Reese, Birmingham area. Reese Edges, yeah, they run a brand called Able now. Yeah, I believe. they're yeah. killing it now at the minute with uh, Able. Yeah, but yeah. Sick. Saw them guys and got inspired by them. Really, just crazy. I, I wanted that car from yeah. the minute I saw it, like the R8, and yeah, classic. Seeing Lewis's posts and yeah, it just inspired me to sort of create a brand really. And the clothing was sort of like it's like this. Everyone goes to the clothing really at the start. But yeah, it's so true. Everyone like starts with a clothing brand, but yeah, it was just one of them things that I wanted to sort of pursue really. And prior to that, like we just, I guess, I guess like most people were like, I mean, for me, I was probably, I knew I wanted to do something different, but until you discover like, yeah, oh wait, you know, people can actually do this like online stuff, particularly e-com at like a young age, you probably didn't, I didn't know like where to start. Was it the same? Yeah, that or? was the same for me. Yeah. Just quick Google search and find Shopify, and yeah. you find all these like goo dropshippers online. And I was following them for quite a while, trying yeah, to learn, yeah. test out his stuff. And yeah, that's basically where I got it from, really. And then, did you finish two years of college? Assuming it's two years. Yeah, so I did about one and a half years of college. Yeah. And I would, I would, I was doing about five k a month at the time. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that was a lot of money. But I didn't realise at the at the time, like turnover isn't profit. Yeah, hundred percent. I just because I was so young at the time, I was inexperienced. I just yeah, my wage was basically like seven hundred pound a month, and to see five k in Shopify sales, hmm. it was like the instant sort of right, Dad, <laughs> I'm gonna go it. I'm gonna give it like hundred percent and go for it. Yeah. So I told him, sat him down, and. I was like, I need, just need to give it 100%, otherwise, I'm just, yeah. So this was in college, doing 5k a month revenue. Yeah. Like, saw potential. Saw potential, so Did you yeah. finish college, or did you drop no, out? No, I dropped out. Um, yeah. It was basically towards the end anyway, but I yeah, just sort yeah. of dropped out early. In school, I didn't pass maths or English. Oh, shit, really? I only passed two GCSEs, so, yeah. And what was the um, college thing again? Carpentry. It was joinery. Joinery. Car- yeah, it was like construction. And, and you just felt forced to do that because you Yeah, died. it's like when, not when parents thought, it wasn't forced or anything, but when you like advised to go down like a path because yeah. it's like tradesmen is like the, mm. 
how do you say it? Like, it's a good skill to have, but yeah. it wasn't what I wanted to do. And a bit old fashioned, old, old way of looking at things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially when it runs in the family. Yeah, yeah. You're. It's the kind of. It's not like put on you, but. Yeah, it's, you it's have that sort of route. like parents pressure, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I was the same, I suppose. I mean, I didn't do join or anything, but like going to uni and then kind of at the end of the day, it was like, well, didn't really know what else to do. Yeah, and people kind of expect you to go, and then that was yeah, me as well. Figuring shit yeah. out, but I wanted to do. I tried out um, a firm that was local to me. I won't say the name or anything, but it's like architecture and yeah. doing like drawings. I did like a day there, and uh, yeah, I, from from the trial day I instantly knew I didn't want to do like a nine to five or anything mm. you just get that feeling don't you that yeah. it's not for you and I think I yeah. had such like high like aspirations because from school I played like quite high in tennis I played um, like county level oh yeah so and then I went on to fishing oh, shit. <laughs> I, I did quite well at that and fishing yeah like what, competitive fishing. yeah is that a thing yeah it is yeah I always thought fishing was what like middle aged blokes did or like <laughs> retired blokes did and had a few beers on a Tuesday afternoon <laughs> yeah I got a lot of stick for that in high school and stuff like that no, that's pretty lit fishing I didn't know there was competitive fishing is that like getting the biggest fish yeah it's basically like weights and stuff like that and you're you're there for like a few days and gotta catch fucking hell that's local <laughs> I've actually never heard of that that's mad I've learned something new today <laughs> And then, so obviously at the point you drop out of college, you stood, is this when you're doing 5k a month or was that prior? Like, Yeah, I was basically doing about 5k a month. What did the business look like yeah. at this point? What was that, sir? So like, was it completely out of home at this point still or? Yeah, it was just basically a bedroom, drum, a bedroom brand. I had the stock in what we call like a back lounge. It's like a yeah. little bit of like a, yeah, lounge area, but you filled that place pretty, quick, pretty quickly and... My dad actually owns like a, a unit. Well, he doesn't own it, he rents it. Yeah, yeah. And he uses it for his uh, joinery and business and that. And he had a bit of space in the back sort of office yeah. area. I just moved all the stock stock in that. And he said he could I could do it for like rent free until I can basically um, afford to pay the rents. And yeah, sick. It was just like a small office at the time. And yeah. All right, another question I have then, because I feel like a lot of people might have picked up on it. So you said you started with like six, seven grand. Yeah. That, I personally did not have seven grand when I was 17. Yeah. So where'd you get that from? Were you just working or? I was working literally from seven o'clock in the morning to seven o'clock at night. Yeah. I just saved and saved really. I didn't really have any Where'd expenses for my dad. Oh, right. Okay. Joining yeah, business, yeah. yeah. Nice. It's quite, it quite strict on me, but it, it learned me a lot of lessons really. Cause yeah, definitely. Like good life skills and that, but... I just didn't really like, really like look, working for it. I couldn't really see a future in there. Yeah. We had a, quite a few fallings out as well. Yeah, I can imagine. And Too close to home, isn't it? Yeah, dad and sons. It, it can work sometimes, but there was like, it, we brought work back home. And yeah. We, I, I could see myself falling out with him. It just, just it was, wasn't a good like sort of relationship at that sort of point. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah I managed to save up that that money from there I was probably just terrible with, with money I'd probably go into the cinema <laughs> or something too often yes I'm probably a bit the other way really as saving every little penny from everything I wouldn't spend a thing like yeah. 
even now I don't really buy that much like designer stuff. The only thing I've bought is obviously the car. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, we'll get on to that. Definitely. And do you think your parents was, were they, because obviously like dropping out of college, like did they see the potential they were supportive or were they like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing? Um, kind of scared. My mum was quite sort of negative towards it. It's just like, oh, what if it don't work out? And mm. I think all parents, I think they do it because they're, they're worried, basically. Yeah. They, yeah. So my dad was quite supportive, but I don't know if he, whether he believed or not I would take it this far. Mm. There was, yeah, it was, it was quite a, a hard time, really, because everyone wants you to follow like a certain path to uni or yeah, college definitely. get like a good job yeah but I, I didn't want to take that route I didn't I didn't want to follow everyone else like from school that did that really because there was only me and a few other people that took different routes really yeah I feel like that's a fairly similar story with a lot of people like I mean I mean it's different for everyone's you know everyone's situation but genuinely I just feel when it's like, especially if your parents aren't entrepreneurs or, which is, you know, the case in 99% of cases really, particularly with like e-com, which is a lot more new. Like I remember having a conversation when I was, like the equivalent for me was dropping out of uni, so a bit later on, but, and my parents were just like, you're fucking mad, basically. Yeah. Even though at this point I had a de- like a decent business, like was doing revenue, like was making more money than I would have been in a fucking grad job or whatever, but yeah, it's different for everyone. So obviously your accent's pretty prominent i was taking the piss before we started yeah. <laughs> where are you from then so i'm from preston if you don't know where that's from it's uh like around lancashire so not yeah. basically northwest yeah yeah because i was telling you before as well she won't be watching this but there was some girl that broke my heart like four years ago <laughs> and she lived in preston and i went to visit her for, i think it was, for, this was while i was in uni in newcastle when i just left and i was still living there i mean she might be watching this but um yeah she knows who she is if she, i'll if she have is to find out this. the name later <laughs> Yeah, well, you probably know her to be fair. Fuck, I'll have to get this off camera. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, I remember driving like two and a half hours, I think from Newcastle, might have even been like three hours to see her when it was like half term or some bollocks. I don't know, it's like some holiday period. And then it went very south. And I was like, oh dear. But that, that's like the main association I have with Preston. If that's like the only <laughs> the only time I've ever been there, to be fair. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so is it like near Manchester am I making that up yeah, north, it's, northwest it's, it's of Manchester it's probably like 40 minutes north from Manchester yeah so yeah the, the brand's basically we say it's based in Manchester but yeah. it's just it as, sounds better yeah it's, it sounds better and yeah no one's really knows where Preston is to be honest it's like but, people that are from it's like posh like private school girls that are from some weird obscure village in Surrey that say they're from London it's like we're yeah. not from London I love it's a 77 minute drive but yeah, yeah I suppose everyone has that equivalent in, in York the equivalent is like people from Selby say they're from York but it's 25 miles away or something maybe not quite 25 but um, anyway to bring it back to the brand so I'm just trying to get the picture here so you're obviously living at home at this point yeah. working out of the back room effectively which is like the classic e-coms dark yeah it is yeah and in many ways, I feel like that's like the most fucking iconic and in many ways enjoyable stage because it's just like so raw. Yeah, I think when you're that age and you've got nothing to lose, that's the best time to start like a brand. Yeah. Just when you get a little bit older and obviously like kids and whatever, but mm. yeah, it's your mortgage house. Yeah, it starts fuck. getting more risky. So 
when I was at that age, I was like, I was talking to my dad about it. I was like, this is the best time to start. I'm not going to get a better shot at it. I'm going to risk every little penny I've got to try and make it work. And yeah. And did you have any mates that like went uh, down a similar Yeah, road? I had uh, a mate from high school. We basically like started around the same time. He started a nutrition company. Um, Harry, he'll pro- he's probably watching this. <laughs> probably but, uh, Yeah. And yeah, he started property recently. He started doing recent uh, well with that. Uh, but the nutrition brand that he did start, I think he's just leaving that now. It didn't really take off that much. So Yeah. But we started at the same time and we shared an office as well. Oh, yeah. So, so that was pretty, it was pretty fun times, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, because the point there was I feel like, and we'll probably come on to more of this later on, but I feel like, I mean, it's, you're obviously an outlier when you're at fucking college, uni, school, whatever, and you want to start a business and like people used to take the fucking piss out of me yeah. with my first, my very first brand, which didn't go anywhere because it wasn't, I've just chopped and changed too much, but... Did I used you get, to get any of that or? I used to get the exact same people in college. People being like, why the fuck are you starting yeah, this? Yeah, they found out about one of my brands and I showed them my Instagram at the time and I got a few laughs and, oh, why are you doing this? And yeah, and then I showed them some numbers one day on my Shopify mm. and they were like, what? How much have you made today? I think I made like 500 to like a thousand pound at the time, which at the time, like I was 17, 18 yeah you realise yeah yeah, yeah I've realised yeah yeah people know it's not a joke when you show them actual yeah. numbers when you can back it up and prove it even though that's nothing now but back then that was like a sign of sort of it's sort of working if, yeah. if I make, that makes sense yeah I think like there's always people like that like I, I still think about it and I think I mentioned it in previous podcasts but it's just you know ultimately those people if they are taking the piss out of people that are going out of their way to start something yeah no one ever takes the piss out they're never going to do their own thing no no one ever takes the piss out or goes on Instagram or something someone doing better than them or more than them or yeah yeah. it's always like the guys who wanted to start something and I got tons of messages at the start how do I start a brand and stuff like that yeah so talk me through like the first year then pretty much obviously you've well like how long were you doing it then before you dropped out for a start uh so i started in 2017 i think i went to college 2018 so it it was running about a year and a half before i went full time yeah maybe two years actually oh yeah but uh yes i bought my first lot of stock and it didn't basically couldn't sell a t-shirt mm. uh, at one point I ran out of money and the only other solution was to ask my dad for a little bit of a, like a loan yeah and I blew it straight away on stupid amounts of stock that didn't end up selling so that put me in a more of a mess <laughs> and uh yeah and were, you, were you full-time at this point was it yeah I was full-time at this point yeah, yeah just working by myself in the office packing orders late at night and yeah because when you start like a stock-based business it's so hard to get it off the ground with limited amount of money yeah yeah even even 20 grand if you had 20 grand it's still so difficult I feel like especially in clothing especially in clothing yeah experience in clothing but 
yeah you got so when you start out you just think oh i'll just buy a t-shirt i'll sell it and i'll make this much profit but you don't realize about the advertising the customs fees the yeah website fees it adds up and i wasn't even counting profits then i was just basically like i'm doing like this amount a month but yeah, yeah that's where i'm messed up really yeah i think i think in e-com in general to be fair well in in starting a fucking business in general like i don't know if you experienced this but like a lot of people just people that aren't in the game at all and particularly aren't in the e-com game like they basically think that your revenue is quite literally money in your pocket it's money in your pocket yeah and i think i've said this before but like, that, firstly yep. it's not even profit and secondly even if it was profit it's not going to you you have to yeah. fucking grow the business buy stock particularly Go- stock based like you said yeah it goes back into the business and yeah you never really see that money at the start but yeah yeah it's mad it's a fucking hard slog and then what was the thing I guess two part question what was the thing that helped you like properly start growing because for me back in the day it was Facebook ads yeah back when they were way cheaper yeah so and like when when was that as well so I basically used Facebook ads from the beginning so I learned everything myself yeah I didn't really... T- I touched a few influencers at, at the beginning of when I started the brand, but I had so many mess arounds and yeah, people not delivering properly of what I asked. and So many cases it, of that. I bought... Um, I think I spent like £500 on an influencer and he didn't bring one sale back. Mm. And after I started looking at his followers and engagement, it was basically all fake, to be honest. Yeah. And I got a message from another brand owner like a few months after after I started talking to him um, basically he'd done the same to him as well yeah it's a lot of smoke and mirrors yeah it's all smoke and mirrors so yeah, Th- these influences <laughs> yeah legit and then your day to day then working so like are you obviously you're not still got stock in your parents house are you no I haven't no <laughs> so like from that point to now yeah what was like just give us like a roundup, like in terms of the roadmap. What was that like? Two years? It's three years yeah, since that point. About, since when you dropped out? Yeah, about two years, about two and a half years now. Yeah. So I, I got a, a loan from my dad. I was like, "Look, dad, I need to borrow some money. I know it's going to seem like high risk at the moment, but I will pay you off in future, and I'll retire and all that sort of yeah. stuff." So we went down to the the bank one day. We just loaned. A small amount of money to start with but I soon blew that money mm. uh, and I was back in the same sort of position where I couldn't sell anything uh, and I just had to tell my dad and my brother I got him in my office one day I've run out of money I need to I need to do something different or and he was telling me to go to a job and thinking about coming back and working for him but I was like absolutely not I would rather yeah literally jump off a cliff and go back to a nine to five yeah yeah. it's just not my type of like work i I couldn't see myself doing that really yeah and were you running ads at this point though yeah so So i was running couldn't sell the stock like what was the reason yeah i I basically run out of money yeah so yeah i literally had 50p in my account yeah literally nothing i've got a screenshot as well i'll probably show it you later Mm. a few screenshots in that but yeah yeah, uh, and then from that point, I started looking into dropshipping. Yeah. And that's when the uh, sort of second brand came around. Yeah. So I started my... Yeah, well, I know, like, de- well, I think you mentioned it maybe once, but I don't know. 
yeah I, I don't know about the second man so what's that about what's the yeah story so there? I can't reveal the name right yet Why not? right now it's too competitive uh, all the products are not fully branded yet and yeah. it's, it's just I will reveal it next year because yeah, yeah. we're just at that tipping point now where we're transitioning from we do have some products stocked in house but most of them are still from China in a warehouse from China yeah, yeah. so until that's like some it fully cemented in then I'll I'll leave it for now but maybe that's for another podcast can you say <laughs> I'll, what the brand is like roughly is though yeah, not the so name it's, just like what it does yeah so it's in like the woman's fashion sort of niche yeah, yeah. accessory niche and you started this like two years ago then? yeah so at first I started my first like drop shipping brand I, I like swore I'd never get into it because I heard about shipping times and yeah just all like the bad stuff in general about drop shipping, but I was so desperate for money that I had no other way of making anything else. And uh, yeah, just prior to before that as well, <laughs> I might go on a bit of a tangent about no, this. Good. But um, that's what we need. Yeah, at that point I had no money, so I was basically looking on looking on eBay and Fiverr about how to make money online. Like you go on Google. Yeah. And uh, I came across this guy. Uh, he wanted me to sell basically his uh, like farm equipment on eBay for him. The fuck? That's pretty niche. Yeah, and I got 25% of the cut and he would keep the rest, but I would need to sell the, I'd need to sell the items for him. Hmm. And at the time, everything clocked out because I had his name, I had his address... I'd basically everything, the pictures of the items. Um, yeah, so I basically listed for sale on eBay a few days later. Um, I mean, the high ticket items, the first item that was basically sold was three grand. It was like this little digger thing. Oh, yeah. So the sale went through. I got the money through to my PayPal. Uh, yeah, uh, and then the the digger never turned up the guy phoned uh, the buyer assuring me it was going to deliver it on time and everything seemed all right until that last moment where it fell through. He ran off with the money. Uh, no, he didn't run off with the money. I still had the money in my account and then I transferred him the cut and I took my 25%. Yeah. He ran off with it. I was... How did you come across this guy? It was on... Place? people per was it is either people per hour or fiverr and that was the first time i've ever been scammed i was so gutted after that what was the what was he claiming to be though like if you found it on fiverr he was just he i looked up his thingy uh his thingy sorry uh i looked up his uh what do you call them like descriptions his ads that he puts out well he was claiming that he needed help with listing all his agricultural equipment stuff like that and I was like look I can help you with that I've sold so many things on eBay before just like random shoes and stuff like that I was it like, was I'll a list- pure scam it was a end. pure scam yeah uh, luckily there was another five grand uh, piece of equipment that was just about to go through but on that day he ran off with the money and I just instantly knew he'd gone because I couldn't call him I tried calling him emailing him never responded Mm. Uh, so I was left with my little cut of 25% but 
he ran off with the money and the buyer disputed it over PayPal. On your so, PayPal account? Yeah, on my yeah, PayPal. So I was minus three grand in my PayPal and they were chasing me for that for ages. I still never paid it back. Oh, <laughs> sh- oh yeah, shit. So did he ever give it back? No, I've still not found it to this That's day. That's a pretty elaborate scam, to be fair. It was, it was so thought out that... I had literally three or four people look I've at it. I've heard of similar things with eBay and PayPal and like yeah. people using other It was back accounts. in the day where it was, wasn't as strict as it is now, mm. the whole eBay and PayPal, because literally now you can't get away with anything. But yeah, back yeah. then, I don't, yeah, I can't even believe that. Just looking back, it was such a, yeah, an easy spot. But at the time, yeah, hindsight I was so desperate for money that... Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't, probably didn't think things through and but I had like three or four people check it out and we had his contact details well his spores his spores mm, contact details probably some bloke in uh, yeah, Central African Republic address and everything yeah I, I called the police after that filed a I don't know what you file like a report don't you when you've been like I actually never called the police so uh, I don't know I didn't actually call them but I I got in touch with them yeah, actually, to be fair, I tell a lie. I think I had to do something similar when I got my watch nicked off my wrist in Barcelona like three years ago. I never <laughs> called them, but I had to go to the police station, let the bollocks, never yeah. got the watch back. Honestly. I was literally in tears after that because that was like a blow to the stomach when you've got literally nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just glad that that second sale didn't go through. Otherwise, yeah. I would have been literally minus 10 grand down. And they still yeah, haven't fuck. recovered that money to this day. That PayPal is just, just I don't know if I should say this or not, but yeah, it's just floating around somewhere. Yeah, fuck. And then just after that was when you discovered dropshipping or? Yeah, uh, after that, discovered dropshipping after just selling bits and bobs on eBay, trying to just make a few quid. Uh, yeah, discovered dropshipping. I made my first store selling jewellery. And then yeah. I couldn't, I just couldn't take it off. And yeah, I tried free, free plus shipping and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I, I did and that in the past. I tried selling kitchen gadgets and it's just, yeah, that stuff doesn't work. It was, that was basically like 2016, 2017 when people made the money. So did, when was this then? Your drop, when you did that was the drop shipping? 2019. Yeah. 29, maybe yeah, 2019. Yeah, because I did it in 2017, 18. Back, I think it was back end of 2019. Pre yeah. like Facebook feedback score, yeah. Like, when it was so easy before like, it wasn't all easy, that stuff. But it was a lot easier, yeah. And yeah, looking back on it now, I was like, there's some fucking funny shit I used to sell. But <laughs> it was kind of that period between the first, like, I had a few little brands and then yeah. dropshipping. I think it's such a good model to build up cash flow and just nothing learn better. how to yeah, nothing better manage ads and even like the customer experience. Like from shipping to, yeah. yeah, just dealing with customer emails. It just teaches you everything to build like a a brand, basically. Yeah, 100%. I think it's like, yeah, if you, if you could make like an e-commerce degree or some bollocks, like just putting yeah. someone in a room, giving them like a thousand quid and a laptop and saying, make a dropshipping store. Yeah, because six months to figure it out. You could literally start it with a few hundred quid now, a dropshipping yeah, store. And- you can turn that into a multi-million pound. There are people though that, that are still, like one of my old housemates, that was what he was doing still. I mean, he would never show me what his store was, which is kind of the I weird think I know part. who he was. Uh, I spoke to him quite a bit actually. Oh, what's his name? What, Connor? 
Yeah, Connor. That's yeah. his name. Oh, I yeah. can say his name. Yeah. yeah. You just call him Goose. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking funny. I missed that, Don. <laughs> if he's watching, um, yeah, need to catch up. But yeah, he, I think he was he was still doing dropshipping. Um, there's still people that are doing dropshipping. I think, yeah. also, at the end of the day, like. The model still works. It's basically yeah, the same model. Like yeah. dropshipping itself and the like stereotype about dropshipping are two different things. Obviously, dropshipping, people that don't know, is just, well, everyone probably knows, but. You're just selling a product that you haven't got and you pay for it once you've been paid and you make the difference. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, like the the stereotype about dropshipping is shit quality product. It takes fucking six yeah. weeks to come. You know, like Facebook feedback's gone now, it'd be fucked. There are ways around it. You can make a de- you can make a good experience dropshipping store. Yeah. Like it's just I mean, it's never gonna be quite as good. We do it at the minute, but it's just not as good as we could do with like yeah. private label sort of stuff. Yeah. So we get a decent feedback score. We've done, yeah, multiple seven figures on it. And yeah, it's, it's done all right. But the first one I ever started, it f- failed. I started another one after that and it failed. And then I came on to this one, um, started getting a few sales, instantly knew that I could turn it into a brand long-term and it wasn't just like a short sort of cash, yeah, cash grab and go like many like dropshippers do, or like even like trends. It's based on trends and stuff like that. A lot of people, but yeah, hundred percent agree. This sort of brand that I've made is it's not basically like on trends or little gadgets or anything like that. Yeah. It's it. I can see it being like a a multi-million, ten mil plus brand, easy. Yeah. That's an interesting point, actually, because I know people that have started dropshipping and now, well, one person in particular, and now it's a proper fucking big brand. Um, and, and you can There's do that. There's a lot that. of people, even Gymshark started off dropshipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like just, for me, when I was doing dropshipping, I didn't do it. I didn't view it that way. I mean, maybe I, I could have yeah. done. I just, I had a few different, I just literally wanted to make money. Didn't really give a fuck. It was just like, yeah, kitchen Just about the, the numbers. And then in. I went like back to, oh, I'm going to build a brand. And that's when I started Midnight City like two and a half years ago. Yeah. But yeah, you are right. You can definitely, like dropshipping has become this dirty word because of what 90% of people do with it, which is yeah. like grey hat sort of. The ho- sort of like scammers. Can, you, yeah, you, you can do it Not sending properly. products. Yeah. Of course you can, yeah. And you can do it in a way, like you said, is a great way to start a brand if you've got like no experience and mainly no money. Like it's a fucking great way to start a brand. Like anyone can do that if they if they're willing to a learn stuff themselves and b just fucking put some time into it, which yeah. most people just aren't willing to do. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, if if you're not willing to put in the time, then how are you going to make things work? Really? So. Yeah, exactly. Like people people don't want to get people want loads of money and all this like what they perceive to be like the rewards but they don't want to get in the trenches yeah they, want to, they don't want to get in the nitty gritty stuff and they got to learn to love the trenches yeah that's, that's it that's where all the benefits that's where come. the the skills and everything is built really like from Facebook ads to literally everything yeah yeah so, so obviously this is about two years ago then so you've got you've got the brand yeah which is is that still like the main priority at this point and then you started the dropshipping yeah so brand yeah like with the intention originally of just making, making money, money at the time because I had literally no money uh, that was basically just to get some money behind me yeah to, to f- basically funnel into Sandsboro yeah had a streetwear label um, and did that dropshipping brand make money yeah from the so start? it start, started to kick off a little bit one of the products then we fully transitioned it into like a branded store branded yeah. everything uh yeah, it started to do well. We did 
I think we did like 10, 15K first ever month and then yeah. 20K, then 40K, then 60K, 90K. And then we're at multiple six figures a month, which was uh, like a real sort of like, we might be on to like a winner here. Yeah. And yeah, that was, when was that? November last year. We did, uh, yeah, the biggest ever month. Yeah, that was like sort of the, the turning point when I thought, all right, I need to start taking this into a brand now. Yeah. Because you can only take it so far, drop shipping, with, especially with the, I mean, our feedback score was still good, but it was still limited. <laughs> Sorry, people aren't watching this, they're not going to see this crazy fucking He's been on me all night. He's been chewing It's been me. on Chris the whole time, going mad. I think just maybe just put him down. He's going to yeah, start. He's, he's going crazy. I'll leave you. I'll just leave him. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's fucking interesting. I actually didn't know most of that. Um, so first question then. Like, if that was doing, well, I guess two-part question. Firstly, how much better was that doing than Sans Pariah? Yeah, so... And, I, and did that, like, change? And secondly, if it was doing so much better, why did you, like, why would you funnel money into something which, at the time, wasn't working that well? Like, what was the thinking? Because, um... He's going to ruin your jumper. <laughs> I'll put him down. <laughs> I'll funnel him over here. Yeah, come over here. Come here. Come on. Sorry, I cut this bit out. It's just fucking annoying me. He's gonna ruin your jumper. Give me this reboot dog. Come here. Just, Come just literally chuck him out of it. He's going crazy. He loves you. Come here. I'll make that one. Right. There we go. Straight back to you. Fuck. He, loves me, he might have to stay with you. Yeah, he's, he's all right. Sake. He just loves <laughs> chewing that jumper. Yeah, he does. Fucking hell. Yeah. So what? What was you at about then? Um. Uh, oh, the funneling, fun, why was yeah, I, like why why do that if one's working, the other's not? So I wasn't at the time. Basically, I started Sans Perel, uh and that was the brand that I wanted to take far. And the dropshipping one on the side was basically just a side, just to funnel money into yeah. Sans Perel. I always knew it was going to do something, but it's like clothing. There were so many clothing brands out at the start. Mm. It was just trying to hard to find our sort of niche and differentiate ourselves from other brands. I mean, I tried a few stuff with the, we originally did gym wear at start. Oh yeah. And then we actually transitioned into sort of like streetwear and sort of the graphic tees that you see now on the website. Um, yeah, the gym wear didn't really take off and I just, it, I never really wanted it to be a, like a gym wear brand at the start. Mm. I wanted it to be like a cross, but I ended up taking the more of like sort of streetwear route, and that's where the mainly mainly like the sort of sales came from. Yeah. So we found like a few products. Was our main one was like a, a tracksuit. It's called like the utility tracksuit. Um, yeah, yeah. That started doing quite decent numbers, and then we started uh, doing graphic tees and cargo pants. Mm. We started to kick off then really and at what point did the drop well at what point did did Sans Price start to do well having previously struggled and was it money from the dropshipping yeah. brand that helped and like where did you put that money yeah New so stock ads what yeah so most of the money went into stock uh, and then we started doing different designs and I expanded and got 
my friend, which works for me now. Yeah. So uh, I've got two two employees at the minute. Uh, it's just helped me sort of put the how do I say it like the the customer service, the packing orders. Mm. I didn't have to deal with all that stuff, and it just allowed me to focus on ads and designing products all that sort of stuff to help actually grow the business instead of yeah. constantly packing orders and I'd be up at late at night packing them and it just t- takes most of your time really it's jobs that can be outsourced easily but yeah so going back to November 2020 then which I think you said was the biggest month for, yeah. for the, drop, the dropshipping brand how so say 2020 how did the how did the two compare in terms of like size oh, scale was, the dropshipping one was a lot better than Sansbrill at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's only basically been, I'd say the start of this year that it's been really do- kicking off Sansbrill. Yeah. Interesting. So it's been going how many years now and it's only been basically this year we've really started to scale and put money into it mm. and we've been seeing some like really good results really. And so right now then are you, the setup for Sansbright, are you using a 3PL? Are you fulfilling it from a warehouse unit? We, What's uh, the story there? So my dad has a unit and I've basically taken over half of it. Yeah. Paying for it and we, I think we did that in November last year. We like gutted it all out and mm. uh, plastered it and put new lightings in the warehouse and yeah, got, got all that set up. Yeah. yeah. So at the minute, my friend Reese packs all the orders and manages all that stuff yeah. at the minute yeah and I feel like a lot of people would say if that other brand well the dropshipping brand but ultimately still that other brand was doing better particularly last year yeah like why keep doing both is is that is that because you saw yourself long term doing both or because yeah I, I can want, see you still thought Sansbury could be that number one brand? yeah I can I can still see both both well mainly Sansbury doing the best, I'm saying really. it wrong, aren't I? Sans, yeah, I'm saying, Sans Sans Bro, Bro. Yeah. I'm saying it too French or some shit. <laughs> Sans Bro, it's, it's probably different to how I say it, but it's yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how we really say it, really. But yeah, so yeah, I can see both brands doing like becoming the next big sort of brand. But yeah, I, oh, where do I go from now? Yeah. If you had to pick one, yeah, because the reason I ask is, I'm well, I made the mistake kind of unintentionally last year. I've ended up with two fucking brands at the same time, which wasn't the cause of, the, wasn't the main problem, but was a problem, and I just fucking found it so difficult. I, I guess it's been a problem with me as well. Yours are a bit more similar, yeah, but like still, like how do you manage that? Do, do you not find like? I mean, I, I guess it's ironic me asking this because I was the fucking same, but by definition, you can't focus on two things. So, uh, yeah, so like many how, people how have, do you manage it? Yeah, I've seen so many people say that and it's true. It's it's so hard managing two brands. Like you, you can't put 100% of your effort into two. Yeah. You can only do one, but at the moment I can see both brands becoming successful. So there yeah. has been like it's been so hard trying to manage two especially when it's trying to scale two brands at a time mm. it takes up so many energy so much energy yeah but I, I can you, see if, if you it, had to pick one now 
I don't you even think... You have to think... bin the other one. Which one, which one would it be? Which one would you pick to keep? Oh, my days. Uh, on the spot, I want a real answer. Someone put a gun to your head and said, right now, you have to bin one off and keep the other one. It'd have to be the, the sort of dropshipping one at the minute. you keep that? I, I would bin that off. Even you'd though it's that. done more revenue... More profit. So you'd keep Sans Pro. Yeah, Sans, Sans Pro. Pro. Yeah. Fucking hell. Baba's this <laughs> pronunciation. And why is that? Just because it's been around longer? Like you just... At the minute... It's, you see a lot more long-term potential? Yeah, or what? and it's taken off. Like the percentage difference to last year, we're talking like thousands of percent different yeah. in sales and the amount of money I've put in stock recently... I mean, I probably spent about six figures on stock recently. Yeah. So the amount of money that's gone into it and it's been going longer as well. It's like, it's almost like your baby as well. When you mm. start it from literally a hundred t-shirts to, yeah, to where it is now. Yeah. It's it's hard to let probably let that one go. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Even though I can see the drop shipping one turning into big brand in the future and how soon are you planning to you it's mentioned be, planning to like develop yeah. that into like it's basically in the, in the works at the minute we've yeah. got some stock of it in the warehouse mm. uh, but just not all the products are yeah fully branded and customised and that so that'll be sort of the end of this year maybe next year we'll fully transition because I think we've just peaked out at drop mm. shipping yeah, like, like I said before, there's only so far you can take it with like the feedback score and even though that's not a huge problem for us, but you just want to deliver a product that's like the best you can do really. And yeah, it's with also drop like shipping, building you more barriers to entry in it. Yeah. Less competition the second you start stocking. Yeah, stuff. that's probably why I won't mention it at the minute because yeah. people still can go in and sort of like take it and replicate it and stuff like that yeah there's some 15 year old kid right now watching this who's yeah. gonna go rip your store <laughs> and it's all over there probably is to be fair they probably already found it out but yeah I, I just like to keep it quiet at the minute yeah that, that's the thing with drop shipping like I remember back in the day when I was in big numbers of drop shipping like you wouldn't tell anyone your store it's literally so because secretive it's so replicatable yeah which is like it's funny but it's also like it's funny because it was bad like it if someone uh, yeah. can replicate your business overnight, then yeah, we've got like a, a problem. They can just undercut you in margins if you've got better ads. Yeah, instantly your business is gone. So yeah, yeah that's so why I don't, true. don't see any long term yeah success in dropshipping. But it, for getting cash at the start and learning skills, it's you can't do anything better. Oh, hundred percent. It's like the ultimate. The ultimate e-com education yeah well, it's, it's the only e-com education I, I don't know how the fuck people yeah. well i mean to be fair like there are people that have started not doing drop shipping but usually different different circumstances they've i don't know either had money from somewhere or i guess taking different risks etc but yeah I, I i agree i think it's the best way to start a thousand percent on without that i sans pro wouldn't be where it is today to be honest because I would have run out of money and yeah. gone back to probably a job somewhere. And Don't say that, you wouldn't do that. <sighs> yeah, imagine that. And at what point did Sans Pariah become... San- Sans Pariah. Fuck me, sorry. Sans Pariah <laughs> become self-sustaining without needing the other brand? Because um, assuming that happened at some point. Yeah, probably last year, Yeah, I'd say. 
we started doing decent sort of numbers. Yeah. Uh, there's enough stock in the in the warehouse to sort of like not need the other brand, if that mm. makes sense. Because uh, before that would do like, I don't know, like 500 pieces of one and then run out and have to wait for yeah. the next lot. Because yeah. we didn't have the cash to sort of buy thousands of items. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a poor sort of cash business at the start because of how much money you need to put in. Yeah. A lot of people don't, well, a lot of people realize it when they get into like sort of stock businesses when you've come in from like basically nothing. Yeah. I, th- I think particularly clothing. Yeah. Because, yeah, it hasn't, wasn't my main thing, but I, I did do clothing in the past. And yeah, fuck me. Like even looking at it now, I think like obviously sizing is one thing that you don't yeah. get in a lot of other products. Um, it's quite high weight for yeah. shipping. Like, I mean, yeah, loads of things. Like more Even skews just down typically. To, down to the designs and manufacture, like to get everything spot on, on your order. Yeah, a lot of sampling. So, and, yeah, there's so much sampling and sample fees are so high. Yeah, like, so high. We just sampled like a few jackets at the moment. It's thousands of pounds for just yeah, samples. because it's one-offs, isn't it? Like yeah. fucking print fees, like molds, whatever it is. Like, yeah, it's actually mad. I think stock, yes. Stock is one of the hardest things. I mean, again, I've never done it like large scale with clothing, but even yeah. with jewellery, it was fucking difficult. And like the margins on jewellery are like 95%. Jeez. 90% to 95% gross margin on the product. 90% probably on average. You had a third party warehouse. Yeah. Right. Yeah, James and James and Jam- I was Yeah, I was looking at them the other day. I wouldn't use them now. Would they're, you not? They're fucking shit now. I don't care if they're watching. They right. were great to begin with. I recommended a load of people that got really expensive. Because I've seen Service quite a few brands that uh, use them. I know. Yeah, uh, quite a few. I know quite a few brands crafted, use them. Is it Crafted London? I they do use, believe Crafted use them. Yeah. Tally use them. Yeah. Grace Beverly's quite, quite brand. a few big brands use them. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe I just had a bad experience. I don't think they're very good. They, they don't even give you an account manager. You could be giving them thirty grand a month, and they won't even give you an account manager. It's like, come on. You call up and you get like. Yeah. Some Polish member of staff answer it. No way. That's not me being offensive, but it's yeah, just the truth. It's just hard <laughs> so, to work around when you don't have like full control or you're not getting responses yeah, back to be quickly. Fair, just on that though, like obviously you do your own warehousing. Yeah. I've never done that. Like I, I went from have, either having stuff in my room originally, then drop shipping, then 3PL for that brand. Like in my mind, having never done warehousing myself, I can't see why you wouldn't use a 3PL. Like, I can imagine yeah. the only benefit is but it's potentially cheaper to do yourself. Yeah, other at, than the, that, at the minute, it, why? the unit that we rent, it's quite cheap for the amount of space and office space we get. Uh, yeah. But I I just can't seem to... I like having full control. And if, some, if something goes wrong somewhere and I can't fix it quickly for a, <laughs> for a customer... Dog's going crazy. Or something goes wrong with the shipping or... I don't know, it could be anything. If I don't have full control over it, it's like a, I sort of get like a bit paranoid. Like, because I can't well, fix it straight away. And I like this. Two, two, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Because yeah. again, I've never not done 3PL. Like, the two things I'd say to that is firstly, do you not think a dedicated fulfillment company has A, like, you're leveraging all their systems and shit? and their experience and ultimately they, they should be better at it than you because they're doing it for hundreds of brands you know millions yeah. of orders a year and secondly 
like why do you want to be physically having to worry about shipping out an order when you can just press a button online and pay someone to do it yeah I mean that's true really um, sort of with the drop shipping one brand we're looking at doing maybe a third party logistics because yeah. there isn't enough storage at our warehouse at the moment for both brands because they're growing so fast uh, that's something I'll probably look into in the future but yeah. because I haven't done it I don't really know sort of the ins and outs of it yeah, it seems it's, quite it's the same with me the opposite way to be fair yeah yeah I just feel like I wouldn't want to have to be in it like have to be in the warehouse yeah like for example could you just fuck off to Dubai tomorrow for a month or would that be a problem I'd have to put a few things in place but yeah there is that limiting sort of uh, yeah I, I, I probably I probably couldn't to be fair I'd have to put a few things in place with sort of employees and that but hmm. yeah that's that's the only downfall I'd say yeah, and it's, it's interesting. something that you have to kind of like pick and choose really if I didn't have well luckily my dad has that uh, that you, that warehouse that I rent off him but if I didn't have that third party logistics would be that because the amount you pay for warehousing at the minute is so much and yeah it's probably cheaper easier quicker to use third party logistics yeah so two brands then yeah at what point do you reckon both will be fully like stock in the UK not drop shipping is that obviously that's oh, the plan be definitely next year yeah yeah I mean Sandsbrow's not drop shipping it's never has been from the yeah. start but the other one yeah next year we're gonna have a, a big go at it I've, got, I've finally got like enough cash to give it a big shot yeah yeah, whereas before I was just saving up cash because it's going to need a lot, really, for the amount of stock we're, and orders we process that, yeah, it's going to need a lot. <laughs> and have you got, like, exact goals for both brands, for, like, the business as a whole over, like, the next few years or are you really just yeah, kind so of going at it right now? At the minute, we're kind of, like, going at it, but I do have sort of a few goals that I might... I eventually want to sell one, maybe two, but what would I do after two, you know? Mm. It's like that, I think you've mentioned in previous podcasts where you're not just going to sit on a beach for, you'll probably do it for a few months and then get bored and then what's next? You're going to start another brand or, I don't know really. It's it's one of them that's, I'd have to be there. It depends on the amount and yeah, the cash that they're offering, but yeah. Yeah, it'd have to be fifty million or something. <laughs> but yeah. we're quite a way off there yet. But <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, maybe not. I mean, I don't know. But um, so, do you currently still live at home then? I know. Yeah, I, I, I could move out, but I don't have a girlfriend or anything at the moment. So yeah, it was it funny might... to say that because Jordan from a previous episode when this comes out, um, just fairly well, I guess fairly similar because he's got a clothing brand as well, and he's he's still his own. Is he? Yeah. Which, which I, I, didn't, it, I didn't expect. I mean, yeah. not there's anything wrong with that, but I just didn't expect it. No, I mean, he, he could probably move the amount of money he's turning over at the minute. He could easily probably move out, but oh, hundred percent, million percent. Yeah. So could you? But yeah, yeah it's just interesting. So could I? But I, I wouldn't even. I don't think it'll be healthy living on my own, without seeing people, because I'll be at a screen all day at the office, 
and then I'd yeah. come home, I'd be on my laptop. I mean, I do that anyway, but not having people around you or speaking to people, it's, I've struggled with it in past, like, you get, like, mental health issues and it's, yeah. it, no, it's quite like, like a, yeah, I wasn't in a good place early this year. Probably start of last, uh, end of last year as well, just things going wrong, but having people around you just helps overcome it as well. Yeah. Yeah, because I, 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 I lived quite at home for a while, I mean, like, between travelling or whatever, but then obviously moved to London like two and a half years ago. Yeah. It was in, like, a hustle house spec, obviously just surrounded by, like, other entrepreneurs and shit, and that's kind of my circle now. And have you got any mates then, like, in terms of, like, actually, like, where you're working from around you? Yeah, so I've got a couple... That are doing similar stuff? Yeah, so I've got a couple of mates, um... The one that we spoke about before, um, he went to high school with me and we started basically our journey at the same time. And uh, my other mate, he actually works for me, so yeah. he's starting something on the side, which I don't yeah. really mind, to be honest, but um, some people would say... Oh. He's going to rip your store. <laughs> but that <laughs> dropshipping store is going. It's, it's not that uh, sort of... He's selling drinks at the moment, so it's just basically trying to take that off. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's going to be a long while before it gets some steam and it's going to need a lot of cash so he's happy at the minute working for me and yeah learning and stuff like that so I don't really have much of a problem really yeah interesting because I know a lot of people will like not hire friends because of that and Mm. we did have a little bit of trouble at, at some point but I won't really go into it but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's a difficult one it's it's interesting like that, that you like still live at home and previous guest does because yeah I feel like obviously like the certainly in the UK my experience of like young e-com entrepreneurs is basically there's not very many there's definitely more in America because culturally oh, yeah. America's like way more entrepreneurial it's actually kind of mad it feels like everyone fucking knows everyone like yeah. I'll probably have every e-com entrepreneur under the age of 30 on this podcast in the next year and it'll be like 40 people that's what it feels like I mean it won't literally be that but it's actually quite a mad small like group of people I mean it's growing as well like so many more people getting into the space but it is so early but it is so hard now but there there, it is quite easy with dropshipping and that but I mean it's not easy but it's a lower barrier to entry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Dropship is definitely the place to get started. I feel like... What am I trying to say? I mean, like, like for example, if I started dropshipping today, I think I could make it work. I've got experience, even though it'd be harder than probably in the past. Yeah, But the flip side yeah. would be I've got more experience now. So, like... Because, for example, if you fucking lost everything tomorrow, which I I'd- fucking felt like I nearly did... <laughs> last year you'd be able to start tomorrow yeah way I'm, easier yeah and you'd know people that could you know the skills you, yeah. you know the suppliers you know what to do do you know what I mean so yeah even with like shipping and yeah just finding agents and I mean hiring as well that was a big sort of scary point for me yeah uh, at the time I really needed like a customer service agent uh, I just I was doing every, everything myself so mm. 
that needs to get done and oh, what's he doing <laughs> dog's going crazy <laughs> he's, he's going, going absolutely crazy. crazy yeah so i uh, search youtube and google on how to like hire people on upwork and i found one called online jobs Dot pH, dot yeah, pH yeah. I've which used is, that a lot in the past. Which is the Philippines, if anyone doesn't know. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's cheaper work. We, I interviewed a few people. I put like a little message at the bottom saying it, if you, um, I think I saw it. What's he? Is it Econ Beast? I, I think know he, what you're going to say. I think yeah, he did yeah. a video on it. Um, you, you put like some test. You put like to a see test if reading just it properly. to, yeah, to see if they're reading it properly. You always and do that. Yeah. I used to filter it down to... Yeah, the people who actually read it and yeah, Jackie who we've got now, she's been with us for over a year now. So So how many people do you have across both brands? Both brands is two people. Three people including including is that me. It? That's it, yeah. How is it so little? Some pe- yeah, that's what it- I mean, well Yeah, I mean if you're doing seven figures, multi seven yeah. figures. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. But yeah, it is possible there, to be fair. Yeah. Next year, there's going to be a point where I, I need to hire again, but we'll come to it. But yeah, people assume you're doing little numbers if you've got like no, one no, or two employees. Right, yeah. or, I, mean, I don't know why I said that. I mean, yeah, to be fair, I, I reckon you can do like 10 million a year with five people if, if, oh, if, you're, yeah, if you're set up yeah, properly. Easy, yeah, and you yeah. use that like, automation because like yeah, customer yeah. service, for example, do you use like Gorgeous? What do you use? We platform. use Zendesk. Yeah, same shit. Integrates with Shopify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can just like automate, you know, 90% yeah. of it, isn't it? Because like, it's the 80-20 rule. It's the, basically the same messages. There's only like a couple that... 80% of messages, you know, are the same shit, aren't they? Where's my order? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can just set up an automated thing. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. And then obviously you get those, the odd Karen that... Oh, we've had so many Karens all my days. What's the worst customer service story you've ever had? If you, I don't even know if you've got a bad one I'm just asking this on the spot I've got oh. a lot <laughs> i tell you what we had a last year when Covid hit the suppliers couldn't send out orders and oh my we had thousands of emails for the dropshipping brand for the dropshipping yeah. brand and that was probably my lowest point of owning the brand to be honest mm. I just thought there was no way out I wasn't like going to get chargebacks and shit I was getting chargebacks everything just reading through the amount of hate and it gets to you know like if you're personally responding to them emails and don't be doing that when it's going bad yeah when it's going bad it's you know (laughs) i had to personally email all the customers with discounts off the next order and refund shipping and yeah there were thousands of customers i had to yeah i just had to stop orders really yeah. Just focus on cut the customer experience. I just dedicated yeah. basically a few months just to reply to everyone because it's, it's the best thing to do, really. Couldn't, I couldn't have left it otherwise. You got any stories of like specific psycho customers? Oh. There must be one or two. Or did you get off lightly? No, there are, I'm trying to think now. There's been so many. Um, You ever had a customer call your personal number and wonder how they got the number? I've, I have had that before. Because a lot, I quite well, I said a lot. And I was, I was a few wondering of my how mates they had fa- that, including me. Yeah, I, was, I wondered how they found my number. They managed to find my number somewhere, but yeah, luckily that got resolved. But yeah, there has been quite a few, but it's hard to like pick one off the top of your head. Yeah. Cause I, well, I remember, it's actually with Midnight City, so 
a brand that wasn't very problematic, ironically. I was on the plane, literally about about to go to Ibiza in 2019, this last holiday, and I get a text from, and this, I'm not exaggerating here, from some bloke on WhatsApp, I'm thinking, oh, for fuck's sake. And he's got a picture of me when I was like 16 from school. No, like a yearbook picture, which isn't on my Instagram. Like it's not How did in they the find pub- you though? I don't know. I mean, probably got my number. I don't know how I got my number. Maybe like some old original emails, you know, some like left it somewhere. Where I'll tell you what, they're crafty though, aren't they? The way... But yeah, he sent it. I don't know where he got this. And bear in mind, this was over like a 30 quid chain, with, which had like next day shipping. It wasn't even drop shipping. So this was like the weirdest thing. And this was the only time it's ever happened for this brand. Yeah. Had a lot of abuse on the neon side, but we've been over that. <laughs> um, and yeah, he sent me a picture of me from like my 2011 or 12 yearbook. And I was like, where the fuck did you get that from? And like Dom's like that. Like yeah. you're probably speaking with a school shooter. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, you do fucking hundred thousand orders over two years or whatever. It only takes point zero zero one percent to be like yeah. a handful of people, and then that person it, it is gets the one that you gets as well. Number. Yeah, when stuff like that happens, and I remember just take like personal I refunded him and fucking you know, say sorry and all this bollocks. But I'm still thinking like, where the hell did you get that that picture from? Like, what's this Don doing? Yeah, but like, there's some very like dangerously sad people out there. Yeah, there is it. And running anything online just exposes you to elements of that. Yeah, it's so easy now just to quick search and then find your name and call yeah. you out for something and then start threatening you because their order's not arrived or it's late. Even if you've refunded them, the the amount of messages we've got that you just look at it and go, how have you sent that? It's We've basically refunded you or give them a free product or something and they're still like... They want it. like compensation or something. Yeah, we'll sue you, we'll take you to court, we'll... Every single one of those messages has never come to fruition in my experience. No, they haven't, no. I've had a guy send me, probably so many stories like this, I actually had a guy send a fucking letter to my accountant, because obviously found the company name, etc., saying he wanted like three grand compensation for GDPR, like breaking GDPR laws, saying that he unsubscribed from an email list and got one email or something, which I don't know, maybe like Clavio didn't work or something. Like, what the fuck is he on about? I've got some funny stories on that, obviously. But like, it's just, where have these dons got the time for that? Is it between like coming home from the pub and beating their wife? (laughs) They send these like cryptic emails (laughs) to random brands trying to get money out of people. It's just, yeah, you never hate on anyone doing better than unions. Yeah. Well, it's just, well, yeah, that's so true. But, like, even beyond that, it's, like, anyone... You've got to be at a low point to do... Any level of, like, decent existence doesn't hate hate on random people. It's just, like, yeah, such a low point. Yeah, I've got a... It's quite funny, though. A story, actually, from when you said about that, what's the GED? Is it the... GDPR. The the data protection. Is that, like, a leak? Yeah, I'll probably get fucking cancelled. I I don't really know that much about it, but, yeah. Obviously, it came out, and there was, like, people had to confirm their email and shit before they could receive marketing promotions yeah. or whatever, that sort of thing. Yeah, What's so the story? It's not on sort of that sort of uh, topic, but it, we had, well, back in the day, I used one of these influencer pictures and I photoshopped my product. So I've done that, I've done that. <laughs> I photoshopped my product on uh, her, should I say. They sort of found out and uh, I denied it and said it was just like a customer image they sent in and they were like yeah. threatening legal action and they, they drafted up like an invoice that I had to pay. But I just, I just ignored it. But at the time I was so That's desperate. 
for making sales and stuff. I know it sounds bad in that, but yeah. This just- is the thing though, like I've got another story on that, which I'll say in a second, but like there's two ways of looking at that. At like, you know, a Karen or whatever, or just like some <laughs> cunt that doesn't get it. We'll look at that and say, oh, that's breaking the law or whatever. But the other side of that is at the end of the day, you're like a young entrepreneur that's fucking hustling to make shit happen. Yeah. It's- like there's two ways of looking at many things in life and like particularly when you're a bit younger or whatever a bit more like inexperienced ultimately if you're not causing like harm fucking, or damage that's then. like badass shit to do in my yeah. opinion like it's just <laughs> it's like the game I actually did a fucking funny one to be fair sit on that topic who, who actually did it I think this was back in like March last year when Neon was starting to take off I think I think it was actually I was I think I might have been still running the ads before I got an agency doing it. Um, I, I didn't Photoshop anything. I literally just took a picture of Kylie Jenner that was on Instagram with her with a neon sign. Yeah, and just started running it as Kylie Jenner with her sign from us. Right. Yeah. I just thought nothing about. It. I thought fuck this. Like I don't care. Like I didn't really say it was our sign. I just started running it. It's just implying. Yeah. And then I get like the next day, like a legal letter on email from her solicitor or whatever. I'm thinking, fuck me, this is quick. Like. You literally get nothing actually came of it but I think what she had and I later found out like celebrities of that scale will have an automated it was completely automated there's no way that was someone manually sending that really they'll have a thing that literally like technology that searches for use of their images and name no way so they can automatically go after people I've not heard of that before because like I think the email had some like hyperlink or whatever like sent via whatever and then I yeah. back searched it but it was quite interesting because I thought there's no way that, like how would they notice that it, it only had like 10,000 impressions overnight or something. I wasn't even putting budget behind it at this point. But that was quite funny because they were like, I mean, they, they just said, take it down or we'll do this. Yeah, and I was like, okay, it. I just yeah. said, oh, a mistake, you know, but it wasn't me that did it. I've got a few uh, when it funny stories of that. All right, sorry, I thought you pausing it. Yeah, so with the dropshipping brand, was it last year? Last, it might have been last year. We got uh, threatened by a billion dollar company. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Because one of our products was slightly similar to theirs. They literally had everything on us. They had my address, they had the products. Uh, they drafted up like a 100 page document, PDF document, sent it over to us and... What was the company? Uh, going to puss it out now. It might give away the products or... Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. I think I know who you're gonna say Louis Vuitton sort of level. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I just got that sinking feeling when that email came in. I was like, "That's it, the brand's dead now, everything's gone." But uh, yeah, and it happened again. Another company tried to sue us for. So how did you get around that? Basically, got rid of the product. Um, Was it just one product then? It wasn't like maybe everything. a couple, a couple of products. Yeah. Um, I had to give all my details, manufacturer details. They weren't the manufacturers. <laughs> I just found some random yeah. sort of AliExpress link in that. But uh, yeah. yeah, we got over that, managed, I don't think we paid. No, we didn't pay anything. Uh, a few months later down the line, another one threatened us, another billion dollar yeah. sort of company. I, I do think- I just like, like if not you, again. If you're not getting any of that, you're probably not. Yeah. You know, and, and at the end of the day, like, if you're not getting any of that shit in general, enough people aren't seeing what you're doing. I sort of just played, played stupid because they were basically... Played dumb, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realise. We just bought it from this link and then 
we don't hold any stock of it or anything and we managed to wiggle our way out but at the time it was so scary because I've never had that situation before it's yeah it's it was sort of personal because I was self-employed at the time it could have they could have sued me or I don't know how it how like the legal system works or whatever but yeah it could have gone down bad <laughs> I had another one actually I mean there was a few but one notable one again with neon it was quite problematic because like so many different designs and shit and it was some artists I'm not going to say a name I've said I've heard that was that on a, a trust pilot review or something probably I think I've seen well, that well there was actually quite a few but I'm not sure if you know which one I'm talking about but there was some major apparently fake I actually genuinely did not know who the fuck she was at the time and still don't care who she is but um, she's some big London based artist I'm not going to say her name and I ended up having to pay 1500 quid in damages and bollocks and like I did my research on who this person apparently is like I'm not really in the art scene so I don't know who the fuck she was and basically like two things they were claiming that some design that was not even similar was like her design I'm just thinking like it's not even the same and secondly like this is some multi-millionaire artist why the fuck do they care what some little bedroom brand well I guess it, a millions of people have seen the ads and shit but like why, I, I don't know I think, I think there's a line where like they think, feel like entitled to their cut of yeah, it yeah like, I thought I think I remember just replying like kind of exaggerating it like oh I'm some like young entrepreneur blah, blah. Yeah. I'm so sorry I, I don't even know who the fuck you are which I genuinely didn't but it's like it wasn't even the same it, it's like I think Taylor Swift famously tried to trademark some word from a song right alright I think it was like shake it off or something it was like something like that like like a, a phrase that is so commonly used it would just be ludicrous to try and trademark try and tra- it yeah and then there was a big out, out, outcry whatever big backlash I, I remember this not very distinctly but it was something like that and then she got in trouble and then she like didn't trademark it but it's kind of a similar thing it's like do these brands not realise that firstly not everyone is just cop- copying you and like because at the end of the day like a product is going to be similar to another product there's yeah, like 7 uh, billion people in the world there's yeah. probably fucking 100,000 brands a million brands do you know what I mean yeah I mean even in like the like the sort of fashion these there's so many sort of brands copying each other's and it's basically like dog eat dog really and it's same with like I feel like particularly fashion to be fair yeah particularly fashion and them sort of like niches and that but yeah I've had I've had a few similar stories like that where they were asking for money because I'd use the pictures I should have done really but these things you've got to start somewhere and yeah back to like that that photoshop thing like it's such a good skill to have but I think you mentioned it in another podcast was it Tyler that photoshopped some numbers around yeah maybe yeah yeah I mean I've done like a few addresses and done like stuff like that but yeah yeah, you just have when you like your back's up against the wall you've got to do stuff like that to get yourself it's 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 like hustle you just find a way yeah that's what it is because normal people would just come up to like that sort of hurdle I've heard stories before and then not go anywhere with it yeah and then oh my brand didn't do this or can you help me with this because it's not taking yeah, off yeah 100% and, agree you've got to have that like hustler's edge like at the end of the day like what are you willing to do to get past, past the yeah. problem I mean I was literally willing to do absolutely anything I, I was yeah 
to get yeah. that car that I wanted and mm. them brands that I always dreamed about owning one day. Yeah, yeah. I was literally willing to do anything at that time. Mm. <laughs> I think you have to be. And like you can see it, like people that have it or don't have it and it's like, they just get that element of it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas other people think like, oh, like, why, like p- people that would have taken the piss out of you at the start or whatever, like, why would you do that? And, yeah. And, you know, ultimately. people want to skip that journey as well. And yeah, that's where like the foundations are built. Yeah. Like just on that as well then. So coming to like the car. Yeah. And I had the same car in the past and not the exact same, but like the fucking same, the idea, right? Yeah. I think it was a 2014 model, wasn't it? I think I had a 20. For was it 2013? Mine's 2013 tw- V10 plus, I think it was. Yeah, mine's a 2012 V10. Different exhaust, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, because I had the, 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 big, uh, the big circle Yeah, exhaust. mine are like the oval sort of shapes. Yeah, I think they changed them three times. There was the, they had the two exhausts on each side. Then that was the, the oval, V8 one, yeah. Then the big circle, and then it was the facelift, which yeah. I then had after. But just on that car, so yeah, because I can obviously completely fucking relate to like going after like material things in that respect and everything and it's like it's, I think it's way deeper than just like a car it like symbolises like fucking achieving shit and so on it, to me it was like a big sort of fuck off really to other people because they kept saying that I will not do this and I will not do that yeah it was basically like right I've got this you can't say anything else and no one really like took the piss after that to be honest Oh, jeez. I mean, I hope not. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's like, you just have to like get it out of your system, I think. If I didn't get agree. that out of my system, yeah. I would still be sort of like, not mad, but you'd still have that sort of... Get that chip off your yeah, shoulder. Yeah, you, you just need to get it out of your system, I think. I definitely went through that. But like, obviously it's, it's sick. Yeah. And especially when you want that from a young age and whatever. But have you, has your view on like, the value of that now changed completely changed so you just kind of got over it it's the first I'd say, say six months was wow I've got this car that no I one else did. For three months I was fucking three. mentally ill before I changed it <laughs> yeah I was, I was yeah maybe probably about six months later I was looking at the new V10 plus and mm. I was like why am I looking at that car I've just got this car that I've always dreamed of yeah now I'm looking at new cars and Lambos and there's always something bad. There's always some, there's always that next step and when do you stop? Like that the the fulfillment goes out of that car. It's like the how do you put it? It's like that shiny object sort of. Oh, I've, I've gone off the. It's a hundred percent shiny. I'm just looking at his fucking <laughs> sleepy face. This dog is for it is a hundred percent shiny object syndrome. Yeah, like. And yeah, it took me a while to realise that. And then it's like, oh shit. It's just a car now. Yeah, it's yeah. basically just a car. It's still sick, it's but still, like, yeah. the magic goes from it once. Yeah, it, do, it just Because it's, it's just like normal. previously it was a goal, whereas now it's a go- it was a goal that symbolised something, whereas once you get it, it's just a piece of metal. It's just a car, yeah. It's the exact same with me. And I think people don't realise, I didn't realise yeah. that until you have to go through that. Oh, 100%. You've got to go through it unless... Because I was thinking, oh, I'd rather cry my Ferrari than be sad in, uh, what's yeah. that, Gary V? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that still is true, to be fair. Yeah. But, but it's, yeah, it's sort of like the same sort of like principle, but yeah, the 
the wildness factor soon fades, really. Yeah. I mean, it's still cool in that. Do you reckon you'll keep it for a while? Uh, I was looking to change it recently, but uh, got a big tax bill, so I'm just going to wait for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get a fucking Tesla or something. Yeah. And you said you don't have a girlfriend. No. Have you, like, have you seen, have you experienced more female attention since having that car? Because... That's kind of like that's that's something people would want to ask. Yeah. So to be honest, <laughs> it's more guys than girls. You get yeah. more attention from guys than I'd say girls. That yeah. Yeah. So you, you get the odd one that maybe I don't want to say like a gold digger or anything, but but a gold you, digger. You, you can instantly tell. Yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, more guys than girls to be honest. Yeah, and. Do you think having, not that you fucking need a girlfriend at 22, I didn't, fucking, I didn't have a girlfriend until quite recently, certainly not when I was 22, um, do you think being like an entrepreneur makes it harder? Yeah, definitely. To have like relationships and like even just like speak even to like girls, the, date uh, girls? Yeah, even like their time commitments and stuff like that. If they're constantly texting you and they're wanting you around at this sort of, and you've got stuff to do, I mean yeah. two brands that... And I do other stuff as well, which we might get onto in a minute. But yeah, it's it's a lot to handle at my sort of age when everyone's out partying and yeah, all they've got to worry about is basically like uni work and stuff like that. Where I'm dealing with like thousands of customer things and orders not being yeah, so shipped. True. It's, it's a different life. And yeah. Do you go out at all then? Do you like party or whatever? I to mean, be honest, I don't. Yeah. I've never really done it since... I left school because since I left school started the brands it's basically been my life ever since yeah I mean I do go out and stuff but not to the point of where the average person does yeah like I, I had to do like a I had to do I had to make a lot of sacrifices when I was like younger turn friends down and lost quite a few friends with it just not understanding and missing sort of parties and you I'll have to, to, I'll have to start playing some fucking sad piano yeah, music. I, know. <laughs> I mean, it's true though. Yeah. But I was just so determined to get where I wanted to get. That everything else was just secondary, really. I mean, uh, yeah. And you mentioned other things you do. Yeah, so. What other things you do? I invest in quite a bit in crypto and do stocks and stuff like that. Do you so, like day trade or no? Um, more recently, yeah. Because um, the markets, well, especially the crypto market's been quite up and down recently. Yeah, I made quite a bit last year. Pulled it all out. That's basically just gone, stock. gone into more stock and ecom stuff. It's like a, a cycle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so money comes in from ecom, goes into like stocks and cryptos, and then if I do make some money on there, it comes back out and back into the brands. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Crypto's a fucking a weird one yeah I've been I've been doing it ever since 2017 and I've seen quite a few of the market cycles and you sort of learn when to sort of get in and out of the market and you, you sort of learn the market behaviour and not being too greedy as well because on the first time I invested it went quite up quite a bit and then we had a crash 
what, when was the crash? 28, was it 2018? Yeah. yeah, I mean, a few major crashes in it, and then like this year, it's been pretty up and down. Yeah. I think it was January it started to pick up, yeah. Everyone buying like fucking buying shit the coins, meme yeah. coins and stuff. Then the meme coins that came like back out Back in with March, April, there was a, that was when like meme coins were getting mad. Jake Paul coming out. I actually invested in one of them. I lost all my money, really. But it was safe, just like a... Safe moon was one. Yeah, I, I didn't I invest in... I wonder if this shit's even fucking legal, to be honest. It's, it's, they'll get... It. Those, those, are those shit po- coins. Yeah, there's a podcast that someone did and they'll all get done for it. They'll get found out because it's... It's basically what they did at Wall Street. It's market manipulation. Yeah, they're a lot of forcing, them they're called like rug pulls, aren't they? Yeah, they're forcing... They'll get loads of hype, get like a hundred million valuation. And building it up it. and then they pull out and let everyone else drop. They're, they'll get... Yeah, it's actually mad. Yeah. It's like full-scale scam. It basically is. <laughs> a lot of it. Basically like what um, Jordan Belfort did and that sort of... That yeah. sort of era with the, the wolf of the wolf fucking, of Wall Street, the wolf of um, Binance or something. <laughs> yeah, of the next one. I mean, a lot of people did make a lot of money on that. I know quite a few people who put like a couple of hundred quid and turned it into a hundred thousand pound off a couple really? of hundred. Yeah, really? Yeah, Jesus, because they went up. Rare. So it, they were just, just punts, basically. Yeah. If they go up a few thousand percent, then. But yeah, fuck me. Because they basically start at zero point zero 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 one, and yeah. if it goes up to however much, then yeah, they may make quite a bit of money. But it's a risky game. It is. Jesus Christ! Yeah, probably do a whole other episode on crypto. I'll probably get someone. Specific. I don't really know enough about crypto yeah. to really speak about it loads. I do like I it. I think it's mad. I think the technology and stuff there will replace our money and stuff like that, but. You've got to be sort of like realistic. Yeah. Like, you know, people are saying it's going to take over the world and it's going to do, Bitcoin's going to yeah. go to a million and stuff like that. But I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it feels like kind of like the dot com boom. Yeah. Not that I was that old and the dot com boom was probably like four years old. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's mad. Like, I think there's like a new one every so 10 years or so that something yeah. comes around that's sort of similar. Yeah, yeah. so true. So coming back to the brands then, like obviously you're still fucking young. You make me feel old, which is sad, but... How old are you now? 25. 25. But... Still young. <laughs> yeah, I've been around the block a few different things. Um, how long do you see yourself being in, in this... Well, firstly, in like the fashion game. Yeah. Like, like I, I guess kind of asked it earlier, like have you thought about it? Like, I mean, obviously everyone says, oh, they want to sell the business, but... Have you thought about what you potentially do after? Like, obviously, it's still very early in the game. Yeah, but. I mean, I have thought about it a little bit, but it's just coming back to the thing, what would you do after you've... Like, I'd get bored. I can't sit at home and... I'd, go, I'd probably go travelling for a bit if I did sell the brand for, a bit, uh, for like a good sum of money. But yeah. there's a, it comes to a point, maybe, it, maybe like a year down the line, where you need to get back in into something or put your mind it it would just make me go crazy I think not yeah. having something to look forward to and just like goals as well I remember when I got the R8 uh, that was like my ultimate goal I ticked it off and I didn't set any goals higher than that and I was in like a I got a bit complacent and results started dropping 
yeah, it's just not a good place to be really when you don't really have any like ambitions or yeah goals. But yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I think yeah, it's like kind of a deeper point, but it's just the yeah. love for the game. I think yeah, exactly. Like that's exactly what I was going to say. Like when you tick off a few goals, and like obviously, like there's there's more things you could do. Whatever, like fucking go and become Elon Musk or whatever. But how many one one? It's not even one percent. It's like zero point zero percent. And is he happy doing that? He's just like a genetic freak and he's like Zuckerberg and... Well, he's 0.0%. I say, well, in terms of the world, he's probably 0.0000001%. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah easy. But yeah, he's doing cool stuff though, isn't he? Yeah, I, th- I think when you realise, like you tick off a few little childhood goals, which like for a lot of guys is genuinely like cars and stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and then you realise, oh, that's cool, but it's not what I thought it was. Then it's like, oh, fuck. I think the thing that actually like gives me any sort of fulfillment is just like you said the game it's, yeah it's yeah it's even like the, just the little tasks of sample coming back just perfect and mm. you release it and yeah that's that's what gives me like the most like even seeing like customers wearing the stuff and buying it and it just gives you that buzz that a card does give you the start but it soon wears off yeah. all the materialistic stuff I'm not wearing any Rolexes or anything I don't buy any of that sort of stuff but mm. I, would, I was just interested in cars I always have been and it was like a life not a life but I wanted to get it by like a certain age I set myself if you scroll down on my Instagram I've got uh, yeah. a post from 2017 that this Audi R8 will be mine by 25 <laughs> did a lot sooner than that yeah. yeah I had similar shit like that as well that's cool if you could speak to your 17-year-old self, which is fucking, like, the most cringe question ever, but looking back now, obviously, like, still a lot to learn, as it is for everyone, but you obviously learned a lot since then. Yeah. When you're getting started, what are the key things you would say to, like, bear in mind, to think about when wanting to start, obviously? I'd say... Brand, econ. One, the amount of sacrifice you'd have to commit to making that brand that dream come to reality say that's probably one of the main ones and if you are like 17 18 19 even 20 plus but take the risk now otherwise you're just gonna regret it later I know I would have done if I didn't start back then like I always said to myself take it now and then if it doesn't work out just do something else later on Mm. yeah if you don't if you don't take the risk you'll never know so yeah I feel like biggest risk is taking no risk yeah it's, it's taking like no such a cliche risk. but yeah. so true I also think as well like like you were saying before and it's true for a lot of people like your parents were like oh what if it doesn't work out blah 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 but I just honestly believe like if if you're compounding your efforts and knowledge and network or whatever in, in a certain general area like e-commerce it's not going to not work out if you stay in the game. Yeah. Even if it takes you till I, it, 30, 40, fucking 50 years old. It took me literally, I'd probably say three, four years to finally see something that my dad turned around and looked. Because I had like a um, sales target on my whiteboard mm. at the office. I was like, dad, I'm going to get this 100K a month and do all this. And then he didn't believe it until I finally showed him proof of 
like screenshots and I ticked it off yeah. and he's like right <laughs> I believe you now and yeah. yeah yeah that's what it takes yeah it's mad I mean no one's gonna give you the uh, no one like helps you in the beginning it's only when they see sort of like results that they ju- not jump on board but they finally give yeah, you yeah so true like that. everyone's your fucking friend when yeah. shit's going well and also on the flip side no one seems to be a friend apart from a very few select real ones yeah. when stuff's not going well yeah that's and it's it, important yeah. to identify those people and you know like the, the, the ones that are there from the start which is yeah. rare usually yeah there's not many of them so no yeah definitely and it's it's a lonely road and I think yeah people that I guess most people watching this shit are either in the trenches, want to be in the trenches or, you know, like on that path somehow. But it's just, yeah, it really is like 1% of people, maybe less, I think, that are probably getting after it, doing their own shit. Yeah. But if it's really what, you know, what you're made for and it's all you want to do, then you'll find a way as well. The trenches. Yeah, you'll find a way because everyone wants like the shortcut route and quick money and, I did at the start, but you just got to go through that to finally get where you want to be, really. And if you want to make that sort of money, you're going to have to get in the trenches, do stuff you don't want to do. But you'll soon realise if you're built for it and... I won't say, I won't say built for it, but if... Yeah, it's it's a hard game. Yeah, I just think... I think, honestly, most people aren't, and... That's why they drop off after yeah, a few I years. I think as I well, think. like like the potential to make money is like one thing, but it's, it shouldn't even be about the money if you're really built for it. Do you know what I mean? Like I said this in the previous episode, you have to love it, otherwise. Yeah, I think at the start for painful. me, it was all about the money. I was literally mm. obsessed with the money and stuff, but then I got past that stage, and it's not really about the money anymore because it, it honestly doesn't make you that much happier to be honest there's like a certain I think you've said it before in another podcast there's like a certain level you get to Mm. where it doesn't make much of a difference past that point yeah just gotta love what you're doing yeah love the trenches love the game exactly (laughs) that's it well yeah I'm excited to see where you take it Um, we could probably go on for hours about loads of like deep tangents and shit but yeah definitely unless there's anything else you want to dive into then I reckon that's a solid episode perfect and yeah. we wrap it up and he's, he's falling asleep yeah he's finally. falling he's finally gone <laughs> yeah I guess with that said um, we'll wrap it up there then so thanks for watching as as I've, I'm saying in every episode now listen to this wherever the fuck you please whether that's Spotify Apple Music YouTube um, episodes every week which is still a I've said that I said I'll do at least a year of every week which is gonna be difficult I think this is episode 8 at this point but we're getting there and yeah subscribe to the pod share the pod if you're enjoying it and we'll see you in the next one cheers for watching